She's Tori. And he's Nick. And this is I Want to Rewatch. An X-Files adjacent podcast. In search of... Ghosts. <gasps> the story for this episode is by Hans Holzer. The narration was written by Hans Holzer and Robert L. Long. <laughs> said Robert L. Long? <laughs> I said R again. It was produced by Hans Holzer, and it was edited by Cliff Holscher with assistance by Jack Dunsmore and John Schwartz. The series is hosted and narrated by Leonard Nimoy. And this episode originally aired on Wednesday, June 22nd, 1977. Wow, I really hit on something with that in search of Wednesday thing that we did because I was not aware yeah. of all these Wednesdays. I know because for a while they were jumping around and they were doing like two on Saturday and Sunday. Yeah, and they and were then, on yes. Thursday and they were on yeah. Although I don't know yeah. if this one's going to be on Wednesday or Saturday for in search of September, but hmm. yeah, okay, gotta do what you gotta do. So, oh, there's an owl, and then. A sudden draft from a window that was supposed to have been closed. A chill at the back of the neck. Groans, creaks, and bumps in the night. Man has always been frightened by the dark. Troubled by noises just beyond the reach of lights. Occurrences just beyond the reach of understanding. Then a woman appears on the screen and she says, A very dark hooded evil presence came from the hall. I didn't even have to see her distinctly. I just knew this is trouble, you know? And I'm going to do something about it. If only there was someone she could call or something. <laughs> huh. Who do you call when you see a ghost? I don't know. Hmm. Who are you going to call? Hmm. hmm. Yeah. A ghostly apparition in the dark of night. What was it? And why did it come? Dun, 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 dun. <laughs> and of course, got to break in the credits. An astonishing event occurred on a still summer night in a main fishing village. An event witnessed by the latest occupants of a house with a long history. An event which prompts tonight's search in search of ghosts. And they dropped the title while he's still narrating. Like, this episode must be so chock full of ghosts. <laughs> they were like, we can't wait seconds. This is we got ghosts and we can need to go roll it. So I'm yeah. excited. Yeah, yeah. yeah me conjecture, too. blah blah blah, whatever. Come, let's go, ghosts. <laughs> well, unfortunately, my first hot take of the episode is that they found the most boring, lackluster ghost stories ever for this one. Like, if they want to entertain us with ghosts, they did not pick good ones. But it's chock full of boring ghosts, right? I mean, it's just I mean, it's Ghost. like two, sort of. Oh. Yeah, it's not All not right. that great. Also, my other hot take, and this one is spicy. We're going to get some mail about this. People are going to be mad. Uh, okay. So I just want to warn you. But this is my hot take about ghosts. Ready? Okay. The CBS series is really good. And people who complain that only the BBC series ghost is good are missing out. Because the CBS one is solid. It's got slightly different ghosts, basically similar show. I mean, they even do the thing like The Office did when they did the U.S. version where like the first season they have episodes that are the same plots and stuff. Not all the episodes are, but there's some overlap. 
But if you like the BBC Ghost and you're like, man, I wish I had more of this, watch the CBS one. It's great. It's very good. So that's my hot take. I only know what you're talking about because one of the people who play one of the ghosts was on My Mama Told Me. Oh, nice. And Which so, one? Do you remember? Um, she is a larger black woman. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. Oh my god, what's her name? I don't think name? she's like in all the episodes. I forget what her name is. No, she um, she's one. I mean, the ghosts are pretty much all in all the episodes. Oh, okay. And I forget okay. the name of the ghost too, because it's been a while since I've watched it. But yeah, she's great. She's really good. So Yeah, I forget what her name is though. I should have looked that up because I didn't see this note until No. But the cast is really good. The US cast is very good. They do a very good job. I love that they have like the Native American ghost and they have the hippie ghost who got mauled by a bear while she was high. I mean, come on, guys. It's it's solid. It's solid stuff. I mean, the BBC one is fantastic. I'm not disparaging it at all. I think it's very entertaining and I, I love both versions. I just hear a lot of people going, oh, I'm not watching the CBS one because the BBC one is good and we don't we don't need another one. And I'm like, I get that. I, I tend to be that way about stuff too, but then I I don't know. They're both very solid. So yeah, I recommend both. And that's my ghost hot take. All right. That's not this episode though, Tori. No, it does not really. It's kind of only tangentially related. I just wanted to, <laughs> it said ghost hot take. And I was like, I got one. I got one. <laughs> okay. All right. How do you feel about just ghosts in general? Um, I'm very molder about ghosts. Like I desperately want to believe in ghosts because I want to believe that there's not just dark oblivion when you're dead and that's it. But unfortunately, I don't really believe in ghosts, but I do like ghost stories and I would love to be convinced. So I would love to hear a ghost story that's so just like, whoa, that I'm like, whoa, you know what? Maybe, maybe. I think you have a ghost. I keep hearing one. No, I have a cat. Oh, hi, Locke. I have a cat who's already had a snack, and he had a please stop talking snack. We've discussed this. Locke is very smart. He realizes that he gets treats before the podcast, and then if he keeps talking, he gets treats during the podcast. So he is yeah. smart. He's figured so, out the system. He's he's so, a clever little guy. Yeah, Locke may be a recurring character. The, yeah, uh, unfortunately, podcast. I can't make him stop. <laughs> Billy's just chilling over there looking at me and he's looking at Locke kind of like, what are you doing, dude? We just got treats. Why are you yeah, freaking out? But, us, so. Yeah, exactly. Billy's like, this is not acceptable behavior and you're making us look bad. But, you know, Locke doesn't yeah. care. No. So anyway. The episode opens with Leonard Nimoy and he's looking pretty dapper. He's got this gray turtleneck and blue jacket. I don't know. I think he looks really good in this one. I have to say, though, they... They need to do something about his makeup. Mm, okay, yeah. Because he looks a little Glenn Strange as the Frankenstein monster a lot of the time. <laughs> especially when they really zoom in when he's doing some narrations. I noticed it, especially in the Dracula episode, he was looking very Glenn Strange. So, yeah. <laughs> especially he's but got it... that mole, too, which Glenn Strange had. Which, oh, yeah. I, I, which I don't actually think he had a mole. The story behind the mole on the Frankenstein monster when Glenn Strange played it was that because they had sunken in Boris Karloff's cheeks for shadow, that oh. the mole was like a shortcut and someone just made like a dark mark. And so it was like a mole instead of it looking like the cheeks are. Yeah. 
So it was kind of fun. <laughs> it was like like a Xerox copy of something, and people were like, "Oh yeah, oh that didn't translate." So yeah, <laughs> that's funny. So Nimoy tells us that there are ghost stories to fit every taste, but those who study ghosts claim to have discerned patterns in their behavior. For example, ghosts may be thought of as the spirit of a person who died in turmoil. The ghost stays close to the source of the turmoil and then wanders in its restless limbo until relieved of its burden. Ooh. And then we meet Hans Holzer, ghost hunter. Oh. Nimoy says he understands the rules of ghosts better than anyone else. I mean, hopefully better than he understood Mystery Hill. Yeah, I actually forgot he was in Mystery Hill <laughs> so completely. I was like, oh, who's this guy? He's a ghost hunter. That's cool. And oh. I was excited. But Professor Holzer. Yeah. So yeah. we have talked about this dude before. Yeah. Yeah. Holzer tells us that over the years, he's developed a pretty foolproof method to study ghosts scientifically. He uses highly sensitive cameras and highly sensitive people, they aka cry a lot. psychics. Oh, yes, that <laughs> no. ghost was mean. That's me. And if I could get a job <laughs> being like a ghost empath or something, maybe I've missed my calling, honestly. I wonder how well that pays. In all his years of ghost hunting, Holzer has never been afraid. After all, ghosts are just dead people in trouble. He ain't afraid of no ghosts. Harry likes the girls. <laughs> Holzer says that ghosts are surviving emotional memories of people who died tragically, reliving their final moments over and over again. That sucks. Yeah, it sounds pretty awful. Ghosts are not aware that they're dead. Oh, I've heard that about ghosts. Yeah, me too. Yeah. Also, Holzer is not aware of his crazy left eyebrow. My dude, you either do both or you do none. Okay? You can't just have one. You gotta <laughs> fix them. He's got one that's just all like, woo! The left one. So, yeah. <laughs> I didn't notice. A little saliva or something, dude. You know? Come on. Jeez. <laughs> anyway. And then Nimoy says, Ichabod Crane and the Headless Horseman. And we learn these are characters featured in The Legend of Sleepy Hollow by Washington Irving. Mm -hmm. Some who care for Irving's retreat, which is called Sunnyside, believe the author may still be around himself. So Holzer was asked to investigate. Does he have a missing head? I mean, that would be incredibly ironic. If I was a ghost, I would want to have a missing head, even if I didn't die because I lost my head. I think it would be cool. I mean, you're a ghost. You could probably do whatever you want, I think. Yeah. I imagine. Like that guy from Kolchek with the motorcycle who's driving around yeah. for the head. Yeah. Well, I mean, but he, did, he died because he got his head cut off, though. Yeah. So, I mean, so, but I think if you're a ghost, you could probably just do whatever you wanted to. I mean, why not? I mean, what's the point of being a ghost? Yeah. To relive your past trauma until someone comes and saves you, I guess. Oh. Mm. I don't know. They're not going to want to hear my trauma. They're going to be like, dude. <laughs> Dad, stop. So Holzer tells us that Sunnyside looks the part of a haunted house, but he quickly became doubtful. So first he had to pin down what actually occurred in the house. A murder. So this is where we're going to get some sweet ghost action, right? We're going to hear some stories mm -hmm. about ghosts doing crazy stuff. Let's dive in. All the people who died in the house. 
all the weird stuff that people have seen. By the headless horseman who was real, and we didn't know it just because he like, wrote it as fiction, but it was really true. Blood appearing on the walls and mm-hmm. spooky voices. Yeah. Yep. So we meet a woman who I assume is a caretaker or the caretaker. And she tells Holzer that one day their former librarian was reading Irving's will in the basement with a bunch of people around. Is she the and former librarian because she died? Maybe. Got killed by a ghost or ran away because she was scared of a ghost, maybe? Well, possibly, because then they heard this sudden crash upstairs. It sounded like someone had fallen down the stairs. Oh, so they ran to, Yeah, so they ran to see what it was. And when they got up there... They saw that an iron had fallen from the table into a pile of laundry. Uh, hmm. Okay, and uh, that's some stiff laundry if it sounds like someone falling down the stairs. I yeah, I don't, and apparently ghosts are known to do such things. Just like was cats. the laundry at the bottom of the stairs, and the iron had been at the top. <laughs> I don't think maybe? so. I think it was in a room. Oh, okay. You know, like hmm. cats, ghosts just like to knock things off tables. Apparently. Mm. Maybe it's the ghost of a cat. Maybe. Maybe it got killed by an iron falling on it. And now it's like, oh, fuck you, iron. Just knocking it off stuff all the time. Maybe. Yeah. But Holzer hears the story and he says, you know, ghosts do those things, but there needs to be a suitable motive for them to do them. Because the cat got killed by an iron. See? Boom. (laughs) Gotcha. Right there. So he speaks to Joseph Butler, who's the curator of the Irving Museum and Library. And he asks him if he's heard any rumors or stories about Irving being a ghost. And Butler says that Irving actually vowed to come back as a playful ghost and haunt Sunnyside, which is, is not actually a story of a ghost, though. It's just something some guy said playfully, probably while drinking. And, you know, he wrote ghost stories and stuff. So, yeah, anyway. Hey, you don't know if he drank. I don't know if he, I'm guessing. I don't know. <laughs> he's a writer. That's what they do. <laughs> Kidding. But anyway, yeah, it was just something he said, right? It's not like a story of his ghost doing something. So anyway. Hmm. But that didn't square with Holzer's experience or his knowledge of ghost behavior because ghosts are generally not just coming back for fun and games and playful hauntings. No, they've got to relive the trauma of their life. Yeah. Yeah. That office is fancy. That is mm-hmm. a fan- that looks like if Dracula ran a corporation or something. It is okay. <laughs> big and it is fancy. I don't know if that was maybe like Washington Irving's like writing room or something, but it is super fancy. Yeah. Um, I think there might be some money being funneled from the Irving Museum and Library going to supporting Mr. Joseph Butler, possibly in his fancy office. I don't know. But yeah, I yeah. want to look at the books. <laughs> Maybe don't look for ghosts. Maybe just check the financials. Yeah, anyway. just check the accounting. Yeah. <laughs> so Holzer says that there are no ghosts at Irving Sunnyside. Oh. He, he concludes that. So no ghosts. Sorry, it's not haunted. Hmm. Yeah. But in the fishing village of Port Clyde, he found a different kind of story. Oh. Yeah. So, okay. Now we're going to get some serious ghost action, like people appearing in windows who aren't really there. And you come downstairs oh. and the TV keeps changing channels and you keep hearing weird noises when you're trying to sleep. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Those ghost action. Little girls all like, there's 
yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Creepy. And then we get a little history about Port Clyde and how it switched from sails to steam. Mm. Actually, how it was originally fished by indigenous people and then colonizers came and started fishing there. So it oh. was popular with whalers and mm. then cod fishermen. Mm-hmm. And now and they fish all the cod. Yeah. No. So now they mostly fish lobster. Okay. Because that is popular with people. I do not understand the appeal of lobster, but I do not like the texture. So that's just me. It personal. used to be poor people food. It did. And then it, did. Um, it be- suddenly became in demand. And then now everyone loves it. So same with like oysters and everything and clams. Yeah. You just walk into a place and there'd be like just oysters all over the, like peanuts in a bar, just oysters. Yeah. I don't like any of those things, but I think it's all just the texture. Yeah. I just can't do it. Not for me. Lobster is pretty good, but lobster is also that kind of thing where uh, it's really easy to mess it up, and it could be the texture would be bad. So yeah, that's fair. And we're told that making a living from the sea demands courage. Basically, the yeah. implication is because they go on; they don't just say courage; they use a couple. No, of they additives. they talk a lot about the whalers and how they were strong, brave men, not able to like waste time on weird stories. Yeah, they to do and yeah, they're all about it. Basically, yeah. these aren't the people who are going to make up funny little ghost stories. I don't know if they've met a lot of sailors because I don't <laughs> know a lot of sailors, but I does not track with my experience anyway. So anyhow, we meet Carl Schwab, and he's one such fisherman. He and his family once lived in a house that some say is haunted. Whoa. (laughs) And then they ask Schwab, have you ever seen or heard anything unusual at the old house? And his answer is just like, well, no, you know, nothing unusual with the winds around here. It's just, you know, we get some weird storms. That's about it. So he has not seen a ghost. So I don't understand why they're even talking to this guy. What's funny is because in the very next scene when they they cut, they say the ghost Schwab was talking about <laughs> is and I'm like he didn't talk about a ghost at all. He said no ghosts. <laughs> Actually, I hadn't known uh, about that. And then like he does kind of refer to like I think he refers to the story of there being a ghost, and so I think that's what they mean when they're like, oh, he, uh, the ghost he was just okay. speaking of. But like oh, okay. he really. He's literally just on camera going, nope, never seen anything, not haunted. And you're like, what is the point of this? This is so ridiculous. Uh Anyway, then Holzer has a tape recording of what he says is the ghost from that house, apparently. He first heard of this ghost from siblings, Carol and Bob, who spent summers in that same house. In 1972, Bob became aware of a presence in his bedroom. Ooh. Bob tells us that one night he was awakened by a noise in the hallway that sounded like footsteps pacing back and forth. He got up, and the sound stopped. So he went back to bed, and the sound started again. So he got up again, and again, it stopped. So he's like, this is weird. So he goes to check on his parents, and in his parents' room, they're sound asleep. And he goes to his nephew's room and his nephew's also asleep. And then he goes to his sister's room and she's also asleep. So everyone else in the house is like dead asleep and not walking around in the hall. So that's weird. Or dead. Ooh. I don't I don't think that's the case. I think they're just asleep. Oh. 
So he goes back to bed after ensuring that like no one's walking up and down the hall and he hears the footsteps again. But this time they stopped at the end of the hallway and then he felt something on his bed and he saw indentations in the sheets as the thing crawled up his body and then pulled his hair. Whoa. Yeah, it's pretty creepy. That would actually really freak me out, to be honest. I mean, I think he was dreaming, but... Probably, yeah. Yeah. And then Carol tells us of how one night she was sleeping in the room that her parents usually slept in when they stayed in the house. But her girlfriend was visiting with her, so they were staying in the house. And her girlfriend was sleeping in the next room. And by girlfriend, I think she just means, like, friend who is a girl. Otherwise, I don't know why they wouldn't be sleeping in the same bed. Although maybe maybe they just like their space. Who knows? I don't know. know. The whole, like, I'm sleeping in the bed my parents usually slept in is weird, too, because then where are the parents? Well, I don't think they came with them. I think this time she just came with a girlfriend because they were a little older or something. So, yeah, it's kind of weird. So this just might be a story that she's trying to tell. So they don't realize that she's, you know. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah, I get it. Anyway, one of the girlfriend's cats came in the room because she brought her pets with her. And the cat was like rubbing up against her face. And Carol was not a fan. She was like, I got to get rid of this cat. Like not not in a mean way, but just I don't want it on my bed. I don't want it like rubbing against me while I'm trying to sleep. So she sits up and she like reaches to turn on the light. But before she can turn on the light, she sees this light at the window. And then she noticed that the cat was staring at the light, too. Because we all know cats can see ghosts. Oh. Yeah. I know that. Yeah. And Carol saw the figure of a woman, and she had her hand in her mouth, and she was looking shy, and she was wearing a bright white nightgown. So Carol called for her friend, who was in the next room, Marianne. And then we see Marianne, and Marianne tells us how Carol woke her up screaming her name, and it scared her, and so she just kind of stayed in bed. Oh, okay. Good job, Marianne. (laughs) And then Carol realized she could see through the small figure of a woman, and the woman was slight and thin, and she was like, a ghost. Because apparently she had at first thought maybe the figure was Marianne, which seems weird because she speaks of her. The way she tells the story, it's like she gets a really clear picture of her, and then it's like, oh, but I thought it was my friend. And then I realized I could see through her, and it wasn't my friend. I don't know. It's confusing. Hmm. And then the woman came toward her and she was making a motion with her hands, like maybe she was washing her hands. And she kept getting closer to Carol. And Carol says that she got closer, she got bigger, which was weird. And she knew the ghost. I mean, that's how closer works. (laughs) That is how perspective works. So I I don't know. Sesame Street near and far. I I know how that works. Yeah. (laughs) I, I don't know if she means like, actually increased in size yeah i don't know anyway it freaked her out and so she also got the impression that the ghost wanted her to do something so she calls for Mary- her friend marianne <laughs> maybe so she calls for marianne again and marianne finally is like oh my god okay this isn't it i gotta get up so she like runs into the room and she did not see the ghost but she felt an evil presence <gasps> Maybe it was Lady Macbeth, and she was just trying to wash her hands. And I mean, maybe. Like, hey, can you help me get this blood off? Because, you know, problem. Yeah. So, yeah. Also, Marianne is not a good actor. She keeps <laughs> almost laughing. Uh, Carol's not too bad. She's better than Bob, which isn't hard, honestly. Yeah. But, yeah. Mm, yeah. I don't know if this story is true. 
I I have no idea. I don't think this story is true. Also, Carol is the person we see in the opening who talks about a hooded figure, and yet there is no hood mentioned in this story. And yeah, it's a nightgown. Or the feeling of like sinister evil isn't there either. Like really, well, Marianne says evil presence, but yeah. 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 Anyway, Holzer wants to get to the bottom of it, so he brings in psychic Ingrid Beckman. She works as a book designer for a New York publisher, and she became aware of her special abilities five years ago. Why is she not working as a psychic if she's psychic? I don't know. And they also, like, they tell us she became aware of these abilities. They do not give us a single hint as to how that happened. I really want to know, like, how she figured that Mm. out, because... That's got to be a good story, but it's not in here. So Maybe she knows? fell off a ladder and was in a coma. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> or leaned too far out a window and just fell straight to the ground. And now she can see maybe. ghosts. Like, yeah, maybe. Like the protagonist in Ghosts. <laughs> Both versions. One of them, she falls down the stairs because she trips over a vase that the ghost who can actually touch things manages to like push onto the floor to scare her and she ends up not seeing him do that but then she trips over it and falls down the stairs that's the american one also is she a psychic or is she a medium because like it sounds more like she's a medium than a psychic if she's a psychic yeah. she become a detective but yeah it does seem like she's more of a medium especially from what we see proceed next yeah Beckman has worked with Holzer on many investigations, so she's brought to the house at Port Clyde, and she knows nothing about it or the town. And he brings her into the home, and Beckman immediately feels the presence of a woman. She says the presence comes from another house that was actually on the property before this house was built. So the presence isn't really tied to any particular room. She just kind of feels it all around her but she does get the feeling that she'll find more upstairs oh and as they go upstairs beckman says she can actually picture the house that was there before and then they reach a window in the stairwell and she says she can picture a field in that direction so it used to be a field wouldn't that be funny if like she was so like tuned in that she was like seeing the house that was there before and so she was like smacking into walls and stuff because like the house was built different and she's like oh like, oh my god no there should be a doorway here but there's not oh, oh. <laughs> See, that would around. be more convincing to me <laughs> than anything that happens in this episode which unfortunately does not convince me of anything no, we're going to go over the railing. No. Oh, yeah, just like she's totally <laughs> freaking out because like, she's got like virtual reality vision sort of and everything. Uh-huh. Just overlaid on the actual reality. Mm-hmm. She can see the past. That would be that would be really fun, like story or something. I don't know. Be good. So upstairs, Beckman senses a woman who is waiting and a storm that the woman is very upset about. She gets the impression that the woman looked out of not these windows, you know, because it's a different house, but windows that face this direction. So basically the same thing. And she also gets an impression of a message that there was a schooner that had been built on the Kennebec River. Her husband was on that schooner. And then Beckman gets the image of a thin, frail woman wearing a white gown with embroidery on the front. So maybe a nightgown. Hmm. So Holzer and Beckman sit down in the bedroom and they try to communicate with the ghost. Or rather, 
Holzer tries to kind of communicate with her and Beckman kind of plays interpreter, sort of. So Beckman's just like asking her, does she understand this? Does she see this? What does she say when you tell, you know, anyway, it's kind of weird. Sounds like a medium. Yeah. So Beckman says the ghost is unhappy. Her name is Margaret. And he's like, what's the last name? And she's like, I'm getting an H. An H. Eventually she comes up with Hatton, although I don't know that we see that in the scene. But like, yeah, because later we learned the ghost name was Hatton. I don't know where they got that from. And she says the ghost says it's 1843. Margaret wanted to live in Kennebunk, but her husband liked the village. Then he left on a whaling ship, either St. Catherine or St. Catherine's was the name of the ship. And the ship never came back. Now Margaret is stuck. And Holzer is trying to get some facts so he can, like, nail this person down and, like, find her in the historical records. So he asks where they got married. Does she know the name of the minister? We learned the minister was Thomas Thorpe. But they were married oh. far away. So it's you're not going to find it in the records here. Sorry. Oh, damn. I know. And she had two children, Philip and Francis. Francis died of cholera at age 17. And Philip went to work on the sea. So she's pretty mm. forthcoming. She's given a lot of facts and details. Almost like someone went to the library and looked at the facts <laughs> and details. Anyway, I'm sure that's not the case. So then Holzer visits town historian Colonel Albert Smaley. He has at this point gotten the name Samuel Hatton as Margaret's husband. So at some point, they got the husband's name Samuel and the name Hatton. I don't think we saw any of that. So I don't know when that occurred. Smaley tells Holzer that Hatton lived in Port Clyde prior to 1850. He was a sailor. He also verifies that there was a ship called the St. Catherine, which actually Nimoy confirmed earlier saying that there are records of this ship, but there's no like manifest of the sailors or anything left. There's no records of the crew. We just know the name of the ship. Yeah, we saw like a little drawing of a ship with two masts. It was a two-mast schooner. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Smaley also confirms that there was indeed a house prior to the current house because the current house was actually built over the old house's cellar in 1870. Whoa. So there was a house there before the other house. Yeah. Smaley talks about the past the way you talk about, like when we talk about the Seattle fire and you're like, well, we had a fire. And I was like, oh, we, huh? He does the same thing. It's kind of funny. So, Maybe it's and he just knows like everything, like, right off the top of his head. He's like, oh, yeah, that guy. Yep, him. And oh, yeah, and he <laughs> did this. And oh, the ship. Yep, got it. It's, just, it's kind of, I'm, it might be prepared. I'm not sure. I was going to so. say, there's either two explanations. <laughs> One, he was told what Holzer was coming to ask about and pulled out his files and looked it all up before he got there to make sure he could answer his question sufficiently. Or two, or two, he still had the information out there because when Beckman went to talk to him and got some ideas about <laughs> Okay, wait. There's a third explanation. <laughs> and that's that he's a vampire who's lived there since 1850 and remembers all mm. this himself from personal knowledge and experience. Possibly, yeah. So there you go. Pick your, pick your poison on that And that's not his real head. <laughs> Whoa. So anyway, I guess that confirms that Margaret Hatton is a real person and a real ghost. And the house is really haunted. Okay. Yay. Wookie. Yep. So now that Holzer knows that the ghost is real, he wants to free Margaret Hatton. 
So they're back in the house. They're trying to talk to Margaret. And he asks Beckman if she's aware of her passing. But she's not. She's concerned with her flock of sheep. And Mm. he's kind of like, well, you know, does she see people in the house like over the years who have stayed here and stuff? And apparently she has, and she always wants them to help her with the farm because it's too much work. So this ghost is hanging out. And they never out. do. The ungrateful people in my house, <laughs> never helping. And she's so angry because all these people are coming in and out of her house and no one helps at all. No one lifts a freaking finger. Oh, she's, man. I mean, she's annoyed. I mean, I don't. I don't at all. So Holzer asked Beckman to tell Margaret that it's now 1976. And does she understand that she's a ghost who's free to go? And Beckman's like, she wants to know if she can go to Kennebec. <laughs> she just wants to go to this city. And he's like, yes, she can go anywhere she wants. It's like, a freaking ghost. She can do whatever she wants. <laughs> oh, my God. And then he's like, she should call out to her husband to take her away. I don't, I mean, who knows? Maybe she didn't even like her husband that much. But anyway. Also, I got Kennebec has probably changed since like the, you know, 1840s. It might be different. You might not like it there. A lot of bushes there, from what I understand. Yeah. Yeah. So basically, Holzer's like, does she see her husband? Is he there? Is she going with him? And she's like, Beckman keeps talking about how she's worried that there's no turnips in the cellar. And, you know, somebody's a turn off the gas lamps. I don't even know. This woman is very neurotic, which, to be fair, if I'd been dead for 100 years and wandering around and no one's helping with my farm, I probably would be, too. So anyway, eventually. for the lights. Yeah, she's just like, we don't have anything. This place is a disaster. And she, Anyway, eventually she apparently goes off with the husband's ghost who appears and they walk off happily into the afterlife, I guess. Her damn deadbeat husband doing all this time. I know. Like, where the hell has he been? Out at sea. Like, shit. Anyway, Nimoy tells us that only time will tell if Holzer was successful in getting Margaret Hatton to move on. I think we need to do some research and find out. I tried. There's not really a lot of information. Anyway, mm. mm. out there. Well, mm. we've learned some things from Han Holzner's ghost hunt at Port Clyde. Learn, for example, that if we accept the possibility that ghosts exist, we can begin to study their behavior in a systematic way. The study of ghosts is more than just a fascinating mental exercise, however. If Professor Holzer is right about ghosts being nothing more than people in trouble, it is our responsibility to help them. It would be nice if that help would be available to us if our lives went awry, if our spirits were to move restlessly in the night. So he's not a ghost hunter. He's a life coach for the dead. He's a death coach. (laughs) There we go. Coming to HBO Max, death coach. Death coach. Dun, dun, dun. (laughs) And that's it. That's the end, actually think maybe he might have kept going but that's it yeah but then we do get our little lost civilizations extraterrestrials myth and monsters missing persons magic and witchcraft unexplained phenomena in search of cameras are traveling the world seeking out these great mysteries people this program is a result of work of scientists researchers and a group of highly skilled technicians get it okay we saw this the very first time we met Holzner in episode two. Oh. Elevator pitch thing. Coincidence? You decide. Also, it was in episode 10, Atlantis. Episode 12, A Call from Space. And episode 14, Nazi Plunder. 
Mm-hmm. But we skipped 16 for some reason. And then it took us from like 2 to 10 to start doing it again. So I'm not sure what's going on. And then closing credits. Dun, 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 dun. So, yeah, <laughs> it really ended like abruptly, honestly, I think. Yeah, so, it did. Yeah. I mean, I, I mean, the guess... ghosts went off hand in yeah. hand, which was nice. I mean, we didn't get to see them, unfortunately. But nice. Maybe we got like some little ghosts walking hand in hand across the field. So that'd have been cool, but we didn't. Oh, well. Yeah. So anyway, as you may remember, in episode two, Strange Visitors, Nick did a pretty big deep dive on Hans Holzer. So basically, mm-hmm. he's written over 140 books on the paranormal. He died at the age of 89 in April of 2009. He was part of Dan Aykroyd's inspiration for Ghostbusters. Part, you know, not like the whole thing or anything, but I think the idea of a ghost hunter, you know, anyway. Um, I did think it was funny because when he first came on screen and he's like walking along that path, he did kind of have Peter Venkman vibes to me. Not like I think they're the same, but I mean, just had that the vibe, that energy. Yeah, I was going to call slander on Peter Venkman after I read that, but um, no one's probably ever <laughs> I mean, said that in the history of Peter Venkman. But yeah. I also have some information on. Dan Aykroyd and Ghostbusters, but I don't want to distract us from this episode. So maybe we can figure out how to discuss that information at some point in the future. Maybe. I don't know. Hmm. Yeah. Maybe. Maybe. Also mentioned in episode two is that there is a show, The Holzer Files on Travel Channel, that purports to investigate stories from his books. I did actually this time watch several clips on YouTube and it's not good. No. Um, It's not good. It does feature psychic Cindy Kaza who calls herself an evidential medium. Like she basically wants to prove that psychics exist and like provide evidence. Anyway, Oh no, Ross and Carrie has a two part episode on her, which is why I recognized her name. And that's a pretty solid two parter. So if you want to learn more about her, I would recommend that. So is she an evidential medium? Is she good? No. What Ross and Carrie say. <laughs> so they went to her show and a lot of what she does seems they just did one uh, really recently on John Edwards actually, and I was re-listening to the Cindy Kaza oh, one. Dick. Yeah, uh, they did like a a little thing on that. Jo- or Ross went to his show, but they went to Cindy Kaza's show, and this was before the Travel Channel show started. I think she knew it was going to happen. I think she talks about it a little, um, mm. but she <laughs> a lot of her readings are just like, does anyone know a John? Oh, you okay? Mm. Well, he he has a message for you. Hi. that's it so a lot i don't know it just it's really the episode is really funny um i recommend listening to it but yeah it doesn't seem like she's coming up with stuff that you wouldn't be able to get elsewhere or anything so Hmm. uh yeah i mean john says hi (laughs) you can't i mean okay sure if i don't know i mean I, i think about this a lot because again would love to believe in ghosts or an afterlife of some sort but if someone like came up to me and was like well, not came up to me random. If they came up to me randomly and knew about like one of my dead relatives, I'd be a little wigged out actually. But like, you know, if I was at a show like this and they're like, oh, does anyone know like uh, an I'm Andrew? Right now. And I would I'd be like, yeah, <laughs> yeah, you know, I yeah, I know an Andrew who died and they'd be like, he says hi. I'd be like, what the fuck? <laughs> Are you kidding me right now? Come on. Also, I don't. Yeah. Anyway, so just kind of weird. <laughs> 
and then you'd be like, he never said hi. He always said hello. Oh, uh, <laughs> busted. Know, right? Like something like, oh, he would never <laughs> say hi. He only spoke French. He would have said salute. <laughs> no, my brother did not speak French. But anyway, yeah, it's just weird. So um, He would have said, what's up, dirtbag? <laughs> something closer to that probably is more <laughs> accurate. But anyway, the show does cover the Port Clyde case. The episode that does that is called Ties That Burn, which I was tempted to watch just to see if there was any new information about, like, Margaret Hatton or whatever. But after I watched the YouTube clips, I decided I couldn't sit through it. So I did that. Now so I'm curious you- <laughs> because the Ties That Burn, there's no mention of fire. I mean, was the previous house that was there, did that catch on fire and that's how she died, maybe? Maybe. Or, or maybe they cover multiple cases. Or something. And so maybe that refers to a different one. I'm not entirely sure. Because the clips I watched seemed pretty... They were like five or six minutes. And it seemed like they were covering most of the stuff. So I don't know if they do several segments or how it works. Mm. Did you find out if there was ever a third season? Because I know that was a limbo kind of thing when we did the other episode. I didn't. Um, I could not find anything. Okay. Probably not. I don't know. It was, I mean, the clips I saw were just like very similar to this where it's like they go into a house and it's like, what do you sense? What do you feel? You know, John says, hi. (laughs) I sense this. I sense a pain. I sense someone in pain, you know, just that kind of stuff. Mm. Exactly what you would expect, really. I also looked up Psychic Ingrid Beckman. There's really nothing on her. Basically, everything I found was just discussing this episode. And then she has an IMDb page, but her only credit is this show. So I think she was working in the publishing industry and she needed a hobby. She needed an outlet for maybe some frustrated creativity. And uh, she found one. Yeah, I guess (laughs) so. What I'm thinking. Really would love to know about how she got those psychic powers or how she realized she had them, though. I would love that story. I don't think she does. <laughs> yeah, I guess. I mean, that's probably the story. Say, <laughs> I don't think she does. Yeah. I think she learned how to fool dudes who are super gullible and probably running a scam on top of that. So, yeah. Anyway. <laughs> and then for Washington Irving's house, I just wanted to see if I could find any stories of like ghostly activity in the house because it is listed on like all these lists of spooky places to visit on the east coast and that kind of thing and some of them it's like on lists of haunted houses and i couldn't find any like i mean i didn't i'm not going to say i spent hours and hours on this but from a cursory search i couldn't find any stories of like people staying there and saying it was haunted or stories about his ghosts hanging around. So I don't, think I that's did really see a, a comment on the page you linked to where someone was said, I saw Washington Irving's ghost. So. <laughs> okay. But the page I linked to, <laughs> the page I linked to is amazing because yeah, there's all, it's cra- it looks like the Halloween store site is what it looks like. <laughs> like the Halloween store has a site with like flashy ads and stuff. It's that. Yeah. But mm-hmm. Yeah, and like people say it's haunted, but there aren't specific stories. And that one website looks like it came out of 1998, and it 100% looks like something that Sam Winchester would pull up on his laptop in a motel room. And it would like something that's meant to look almost amateur, 
like it's just local people with their legends or something but obviously sam and dean know the ghosts are real so they can actually like gleam information from it but yeah if you watch a lot of supernatural you know exactly the kind of website i'm talking about that's exactly what this looks like so that was what i thought of when i saw it which is why i linked to it because i just thought it was funny uh, but it doesn't really have a lot of information on there either. So yeah, I don't, I don't know that Irving is still a ghost. I, I doubt it. Doesn't seem like it. Even Halls are I the mean, ghost expert. She says I so. did the tour and went outside taking pictures of the windows because they look nice. And I saw in the right window where Talita died, and I took and look at my phone pic, and I saw Irving's ghost. I mean, <laughs> that's you know yeah. right there. I don't, I don't know who Talita is or why she <laughs> died there. That's a friend, uh, you know, poor one out. I, I don't know. No idea. But, yeah, but where <laughs> Talita died, Washington Irvin's ghost was right there, apparently. So, okay. well, we have or, one witness. At, and... at least an Irving. I mean, the post says I saw Washington Irving's ghost, but then she just said I saw Irving's ghost. So I'm guessing it's the same ghost. I don't know. But yeah. yeah. So we have one person who saw the ghost while taking pictures and an iron that fell off a table. Yeah. And this was uh, this was recent. This was October 24th of 2021. <laughs> So, so it's I not someone who's. This is a helpful review, I think. I mean, one <laughs> out of one people found it helpful so far. I might make it two out of two. So there we go. I'm gonna click on it right now. So, oh. all right, boom. Yeah, recorded. Thanks. All right, cool. Yeah. So, she gave it five pumpkins. So, it's a pretty good review, I think. I'm guessing it's like one to five pumpkins. So, yeah. If you go there, you can share your experiences. It's open to the public, by the way. Just, you know, they have a phone number you can call. Who are you going to call? Sunnyside Lane. It's just you. Oh, I'm going to die. <laughs> <laughs> Holy shit. That's so funny. Anyway. Yep. Okay. Well, I guess we proved. <laughs> we proved the holes are wrong. <laughs> well, I'm sorry. The woman who wrote the review proved the holes are wrong. Yeah, I mean, Which I'm not surprised. Cause, cause I don't, <laughs> that I don't was the only thing I thought he was right about. To be <laughs> Barely right. <laughs> nope. Oh my god. Good thing he's dead. So funny. Shit, it might have been him. <laughs> it might not have been. Maybe that lady doesn't know what Washington Irving looks like, and it's actually Holzer. He's like trapped there because like he got it wrong, and he's like, oh. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> oh dear. Did he have anyway. a weird eyebrow? We need, I need to find <laughs> out who wrote this. I'm assuming it, I'm saying it's a woman who said it. I don't know. They didn't yeah. know the name. I'm just guessing. Maybe it's not. Maybe it's a dude. I don't know. I still don't know who Talita is either. So. <laughs> don't know anything at all. I read Legend of Sleepy Hollow in like high school, and I that's it. I've seen movies and cartoons about it, and that's about the all. The Disney special is amazing. You know, that's great. Yep. And then, of course, there's the Scooby-Doo episode where, you know, Scooby-Dum is there, too. So that's pretty good. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Headless Horseman. Boom. He was her uncle. Sorry. That's a Lego <laughs> set. Anyway. Yeah. Yep. So that that was Ghosts. It was pretty exciting. Mm-hmm. See, they did have to, like, cut into that narration to put the little in search of Ghosts because they're chalk. Cool. Uh-huh. Yeah. I honestly I think that the whole point of this episode was for Holzer to like explain to people that ghosts aren't scary or harmful. Like you shouldn't be afraid of ghosts. They're just people who need our help. 
dead people don't know they're dead. And I think that was sort of the purpose. He's working on that that death coach yeah. thing that he's trying to get going. So, yeah. 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 Let's see. 76. Had Elvis died yet? He hasn't written his Elvis book yet, probably. So, yeah. He's probably working on the death coach thing. Yeah, I was going to read his one of his books, but then I literally couldn't pick one. And then it was too late. I didn't have time to read anymore. Cause yeah, because in episode two, we have the link for all the archive.org. They have all a bunch of his books. Yeah. So. Yeah, I was just I was curious. They're also on Kindle for like three bucks each. So I was like, eh, I could throw his estate a couple bucks, but I, I don't think his estate decide. Any, <laughs> his, uh, I don't think his daughter's any better than he is. I think he's fine. I actually would be curious to read his daughter's book, but I don't know. I guess it would depend on like his what daughter's her angle book was. sounded very interesting until I read her bio, and I was like, I do not want to read this book. Oh, because so, <laughs> I thought it was going to be like my crazy childhood with my crazy dad traveling yeah. searching for ghosts, and it's more like my dad was amazing and he taught me all about ghosts. And now my children are sensitives too. Oh my god! <laughs> so yeah. yeah. Get those nope. kids on Instagram and get those um, influencers. I mean, she's been trying to get points. a reality TV show, but it hasn't worked out. Yeah. So. Should have gone on the Holzer files. <laughs> I mean, I'm sure they're getting money for that, obviously. Oh, yeah, I'm sure. So, yeah. Yeah. She's probably busy with her own, like, ghost hunting that she does in, like, New York, I think. So, or oh, Jersey, okay. I don't remember. So, yeah. And she's got kids. Couple of them are sensitive, so they're probably always seeing weird shit she's got to deal with. And then, yeah, it's got to be know. hard. Yeah, I do want that like virtual reality. Like you're so into the past that you're like, oh, oh, crap. oh that would be hilarious. Yeah. I would love, yeah. love to see like a short or something about someone like that. <laughs> it's just that would be a good bit for Wellington Paranormal, but I don't know that. I don't know. They could probably pull it off. I don't know what that is. It's a New Zealand show that's like set in oh. the same universe as what we do in the shadows. And it's oh New Zealand cops who. Oh, I think you mentioned this once before. Now. Maybe they like I investigate think... aliens and ghosts and, you know, all this paranormal stuff. And they like they're New Zealand cops. So they only have tasers. It's their only weapon, which is a good idea. Just saying U.S. We should maybe take some inspiration from New Zealand. But yeah, it's. It's just silly. Like, they just encounter monsters and ghosts and stuff all the time. There are a lot of ghost episodes with ghosts who don't know they're dead, though. And they have to, like, convince Uh-oh. the ghosts that they're dead. Well, so that happens. They live in their trauma. They don't yeah. know they're dead. It's a problem, apparently. Yeah, it is a big problem so, with ghosts. I mean, I guess so. Holzer wasn't completely wrong. Yeah. So. Oh, well. I'm done. Thanks for listening. <laughs> We hope that you've learned a lot about ghosts from this. Don't be afraid yeah. of them. Yeah, don't. don't. I ain't afraid of no ghosts. Mm. Bye. Bye. <laughs> I Want to Rewatch is hosted by Tori and Nick and recorded in collaboration with Black Cat and Orange Tuxedo Studios. Episode production design and editing is by Lazy and Productions. Our music is Dark Science by David Hillowitz. And the truth is what we make of it by the Agrarians. For now, this feed is where you can find all of our X-Files episodes and most of our X-Files adjacent bonus episodes. 
which cover television and films that are, you guessed it, X-Files adjacent. If you like them, tell a friend. We'd love to have them join us. Speaking of which, be sure to join us next time as we go in search of life after death. (gasps) Which kind of sounds like ghosts. I'm going to bet that it's near-death experiences. Oh. But I have not watched it yet, so I do not know that for sure. Okay, we'll find out. Maybe together we'll find out. (laughs) If the the truth truth is is still still out out there. there. disaster episode this is gonna be a good one (laughs) (laughs) this is gonna be one of our best just because it's just like a hot mess of everything it's great (laughs) also i almost died because i couldn't breathe because i was laughing so (laughs) (laughs) oh my god oh holy shit all right anyway i can improv if i need to (laughs) so oh my god yeah that was really good all right